exciting thing to undertake. Uh, we've changed the program a little bit for 2018 from the perspective that instead of doing it every Tuesday night, um, we're now going to do six blocks of two-day intensives, uh, which will give you a greater opportunity to do your assignments uh, in between uh, each subject getting started. And we just feel that it's going to be a better flow. Uh, we're going to also combine with our other campuses. Pastor Nick is ministering in Bendigo this morning, so he's there. We also have our other campus, Box Hill, Alexandra and Wangaratta, so they're going to involve themselves, which is really exciting. So we're going to cross-pollinate and bring them together. God is good, isn't he? He is. He is. And I'll tell you what, I, I, we had the most high-functioning interns you've ever seen. We've got two general managers. We've got a practice manager. We've got a case manager. We had the works. It's unbelievable. But who would ever thought... At least I didn't when I used to look at them. I lectured for one of the subjects that I'd look across the room and think, wow, I wonder if they saw themselves in that position 12 months earlier. I wonder if they realised that God was about to put on their hearts and prompt them to give a year to God, to take a bit of a detour away from maybe where their focus is in their careers, their businesses, their families, and put it back onto God. Detours. Very, very interesting thought. I, I look at the room and I look at my life and sometimes I wonder, wow, how did I, how did I get to this place? Has anybody ever felt that? H how did I get here? Or where did the year go? I just, it's like, wow, I'm in December. It's raining and it's supposed to be summer. And I wanted a weather event and I thought that Friday night lawn bowls at our church had more of a weather event than what we had over the weekend. But it's crazy. Detours, where God positions you, where you end up. Am I in the right place at the right time? It's a thought I pondered this week. On Tuesday, I was at the gym, Genesis. I go over there and go to the gym most mornings. My goal is to invite as many people as I can. They just ticked over 3,000 members at that gym. So I've got a lot of people to invite to church, hallelujah. Uh, it's getting a bit awkward, but I'm getting better at it. I figure don't stare at people. Like, I sort of wait for the opportunity. I'm like, don't do that. It's not what you do, especially in a gym setting when a guy's working out and I'm that guy staring. <laughs> and cool, got to play it cooler than that. Play it real cool. But anyway, I was watching the television and I don't know if people saw it this week of a lady that had fallen onto a train track and, and what was happening is you could see in the picture this person and the train is coming towards her and I don't know whether she was intoxicated or just unable but she couldn't get off the train tracks and there was no room for her to go left around the train or right around the train and in the last minute you see the footage on the television of police officers running and grabbing her and pulling her off the train tracks and just as her leg swung around the train went past who saw that man when I saw that I was, I was so taken back by that image. If those police officers had have decided to get a coffee break earlier, <clears throat> had have come late to work, had have followed another lead, walked another route, that lady may not have been here today. I looked and I thought, whoa, they were in the right place at the right time to be able to have an effect on saving that lady's life. I thought, whoa, I'm so glad that they were there. I sat there and I was 
in the cafe at this point because I go to the gym and then I sit at the cafe before I come over here looking for more people to invite. I'm just saying that's what I'm doing. So I'm that coffee drinker like this, just scamming the room, waiting for my oven. No, I'm kidding. Not like that. And I, what I do is I, I sit in front of my computer and I've been writing just letters to God and stories to God about God. What, what, what was that about? What, what are you telling me about this? I just want to communicate and be in true relationship with God. And I said, God, what is that? Being in the right place at the right time. If those guys hadn't have been there, that lady would have lost her life. But right there and then they were there and, and it was a benefit for her. And I thought, well, what is actually right place at right time? And I've decided on pondering. It means that the circumstances that you're in right now will actually work out in your favour. So where you've been positioned right now, whether it be your job, whether it be uh, your family, whether it be where you are, the way you drive home, the circumstance that you place yourself in actually works out for your favour. So I thought. But then I realized that in the Word of God, in Romans chapter 8, it actually talks about that God works all things for good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose or in His plan. You see, what I realized is that if I chase the will of God for my life, if I make God the will, His will for my life, what I desire most, and as I strive after that, there is no wrong place at the wrong time. There's only right place at the right time because as I pursue God, he works all situations for good. But sometimes life works out a bit different to that. And I thought, why? God, how? I mean, that lady fell onto the train track and, and it, it wasn't on the police officers to be there, but yet they managed to pull her out. I, I considered, well, stuff goes wrong for people. They end up on detours. God, I know where, where you're calling me and I know it's over there. I know for my career, for my family. I know for my circumstances, for the study that I want to undertake. I know you're calling me in that direction. But yet sometimes I find myself on, in detours. I feel like I'm not in the right place at the right time. I feel like, I feel that's the right place, God. Over there where, where I know your promise, I know your plan, I, I, I know where you're calling me, but yet, God, why am I over here? Why is my family falling apart? Why I can't find a job? You called me to business, Lord. Why isn't my business flourishing? That's where you've called me. I believe that's your plan for my life, but yet I'm, I'm over here. Have I done something wrong? Have you ever thought that? Is it me, God? I've thought a lot, it's them, God. Is it them? But what happened, I was reading uh, this week and listening to a sermon, and Carl Lenz was the preacher, he's the New York City Hillsong pastor, and he said a comment that interested me from the perspective of, we see a lot of people that are gifted and they're functioning in that gift. There's great preachers he mentioned when he was saying that, like there's guys like T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick, these guys at the moment uh, uh, appear to be in the right position at the right time, their churches are flourishing, you could look at business people, and you go, look at their gifting, it just suits their business, and now it's flourishing, look at what's going on they're in the right place at the right time but Carl says you know it's very interesting that those guys that are functioning right now in that gifting are functioning from lessons learnt on the detours when things didn't go right 
when they had to keep working and keep going and keep striving and eventually they ended up where God wanted them to be. As I was sitting in that cafe and I was thinking about it, I said, Lord, am I in the right place at the right time? Right now? Am I where you want me to be? I know that there's areas of my life I'm so grateful. I feel like, yes, that's exactly where God wants me to be. But yet in other areas of my life, I feel like God is repositioning me. God is still outworking His will for me by building layers on me with challenges, with things that need to cause me to go to greater faith. I would say in some areas of my life, I'm on a detour. In other areas of life, I'm heading in the right direction. But I know this, that as I seek God's will, He works all things for good. Every situation, every circumstance, every challenge. Maybe your detour right now is health. Maybe your health isn't where it's meant to be. That wasn't in your plan. But yet somehow you're on a detour. Well, here's the thing. Chase God's will because He will work it for good. He will use it. Maybe it's with your business. Maybe it's with your relationships. There could be something where you know the will of God for your life. Maybe you're not there yet. But with God, as you seek His will, you are actually in the right place for the season because God's put you there. So stay in faith. Keep striving. Keep believing and watch God work it for good. Would you guys turn to the 27th and 28th chapter, starting 20, chapter 27 of the book of Acts. I want to give you an example. This is one of the craziest stories, in my opinion, in the Bible. We're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. Let me set the scene for you guys. And then we're going to draw on some scripture to have a look at some principles that I believe can help you when you're on the detour. What happens, Paul has been in prison now at this point in his career. He's with Luke, the writer of Acts, and they're on a boat. And they're now going to be changing boats because they're heading to Rome. Because Paul's got to stand before Caesar. So they're on this boat. And the weather is now at a place where it's not the right season to go on a boat. It's, it's winter, it's stormy, it's windy, it's dangerous. It's not the right time to be traveling. So what happens is they, they, they pull into a place called Crete and, and Paul says, even though he's a prisoner, somehow God had managed to give him influence over the manager of the prisoners. See, there's three things going on on this boat. Let me There's the boat owner that has some stock, uh, he's a business person. Then there is the centurion who's overseeing the soldiers and then there's obviously the soldiers that are with the centurion and the prisoners. So what happens is they want to push on. They go, we want to go to another place uh, further down the road because there it's bigger, uh, there's more to do, uh, it's safer. You see, because what was happening is that Paul was saying we shouldn't go, we could lose our lives, we could lose our boat. But there was another dynamic going on. You see, the centurion was insecure because according to some commentaries, when they were looking at the centurion, there wasn't as much protection there as what it would be in a bigger place. So because of his insecurities, he didn't want to stay there. In some commentaries, when they talk about the business owner of the boat, they, they believe he may have had grain that he wanted to push on, 
because there was a greater market to sell to. So because of greed, he wanted to push on. And the soldiers, when they would be wintered or have their time where they'd have to stay around and hang about while the, the boat couldn't be sailed, they go, if we kick on to a better town, there, there's more comfort, there's greater availability, there's more to do. So because of insecurity, because of someone else's greed, because of someone else's need for comfort, Paul doesn't get a choice. They're off on the boat. And the wind, and it says many times throughout that scripture, it was very difficult. They were working hard to the point they're sucked out to sea and they're lost and, and there's been no rain, uh, no, no light and they've had no food and they're now hungry and they're now starving. And what happens is uh, an angel comes to Paul and says, it's okay, um, you're not going to die. Uh, no one will die, but the boat will be lost, but you're going to have to swim to an island. So what happens is, it's a shipwreck and they have to swim to an island called Malta. So let's have a look at, so far, the context of Paul's life. He's a prisoner. He's been on a boat. And because of someone else's greed, insecurity, and, and need for comfort, he's now been shipwrecked. He's hungry. He's got to swim for his life. He's shipwrecked on an island. And then the scripture says, which made me giggle, it's cold and it's raining. We can relate to that at the moment, hey? And what happens is he goes, hey, cool. Um, I've survived again and I've survived. Oh, let's gather some sticks. We'll start a fire. And then if you know this story, a viper, a snake comes out and attaches himself to his hand. Man, talk about being in the right place at the right time. You're on the boat that gets shipwrecked. You're now on an island. Now you're bitten by a snake. Who wants to be Paul? Amen. He shakes it off. All of the guys looking around at him. The islanders go, oh, that guy's got to be a bad person. I mean, have a look at it. He's on a boat that goes down and manages to survive the sea, but then he ends up on land and now a snake has bitten him. Clearly, he's a bad guy. But what happens is the scripture says that he shook it off into the fire and suffered no ill effects, or some of them say no harm. And, and they're looking for him, it says in scripture, to suddenly just gone. But it doesn't happen. I just find it very interesting in life how, how when you're going after God's purpose, all of a sudden the world can have an opinion, hey, Oh, look at him. He must be a bad person. Nothing's going right. But then as you persist, as you keep going, as God begins to work that situation that may look bad for good, all of a sudden that says that the islanders, they thought, oh, maybe he's a God because there's no other way he could have survived that. We know he wasn't a God. We know that God's hand of protection and guidance was on his life. He ends up meeting uh, an island official who he uh, has dines with for three days, finds out that uh, his father is very sick with a fever and dysentery, which is diarrhea. So he's got gastro. Paul goes in, prays, lays hands, instantly healed. It's very interesting when you look back, they say that on some islands there was a bacteria in the goat milk where these guys could have fevers, could be a month long, could be up to a year. So to be sick and unwell with a fever in the context of where they were could have been a very significant thing. Plus dysentery on top of that. He lays hands. The man is healed. Then all in the island come and they're healed as well. This is the point, and then I'm going to break it down is this, is that what we thought was the wrong place at the wrong time, God worked for good because without Paul going to that island, that man never would have been healed. They never would have received the gospel. All on the island never would have been healed. You see, when around about the detour, God worked for good. In the end, all on the island were healed, shipwrecked. Wasn't even his fault. 
God used it for good. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I just pray that you would speak to us today, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can't shake God's plan. Would you guys read with me Acts 27.20? It says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. So this is Luke writing, they had finally given up. It had been so long, it had been so treacherous that all hope was now lost. It's easy to lose hope on a detour, become disgruntled on a detour because you're not heading in the direction you want to head. You're heading in a different direction. It's easy to lose all hope that you're going to be stuck in this place forever. It says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, I love this, men, men, you should have taken my advice and not sailed from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss, but I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Have you ever lost hope? I follow the New York Knicks, uh, a basketball team. I started following the NBA about three or four years ago. And every year they promise something new that creates hope. Hey, we've got a new player. We are back. We are going to be good. And I go, beautiful. Then it's a new game plan. Then it was a new general manager. But what would happen is I would start out watching the season And I would start out in hope and then they'd begin to lose and I'd keep hope and then they'd begin to lose. It's an 80-game season. And then eventually I would lose all hope because I would be like, oh, another season, it's written off, it's not going to happen. They're on a boat. They're on a detour. They're on a place where finally they've lost all hope. If there's anybody here this morning that's in that place or you're battling with that place, this is what I want to say to you. Keep your focus on God's calling. Keep your focus on God's calling. You see, what happens is the angel says, you must stand trial before Caesar. So if he's going to stand trial before Caesar, he's not going to die in that place. He's not going to remain in that place forever because God's purpose and God's call for his life and that he's declared is that he needs to be in that direction. So therefore, the detour won't hold you forever. It was not going to hold him. He was not going to die there. He was not going to remain there because the angel said, you must stand trial before Caesar. This is what I declare to you. If you're in a trial right now, if you're in a detour right now, Keep God's call before you. 
let that continue. If God has promised you that and you believe it and it's in His will that, that you are going to have a successful business, that you are going to have a connected family, that you are going to walk in health and pain-free and you believe it's God and right now you're not there, you hold on to the promise because the detour won't hold you. Paul is in a situation right now that is no fault of his own. He's in the detour because of someone else's decision. That can happen. But God can work it for good. You know, I want to look at it like this. If you're on a detour, this is what what I try to do, uh, is that I was watching recently. Does anybody like Top Gear? Give me a wave if you like Top Gear. It's a funny show. It's not just about, I, I enjoy it. And recently, they, they were in this one where they had these uh, sand buggies that may be older. I've just started watching them. And they're in Africa. And they've got to get from one place to another place. But they've got no GPS. They've got no map. They've got nothing. And they, they begin to drive for 20, you know, 12 hours. And the sun goes down. And then they work out which way they're going. And they wake up the next day. And they drive. And they're right back where they started. Now, you can look at that like that detour was a waste of time or you can look at it like that detour has added to the journey. You see, I look at Paul's life and at the end of this, we know that God uses to bring the gospel. God uses to heal people. But the thing is, is that it adds to the journey. Please, please keep God's call in front of you. Because that way in the detour, in the times you're not where you feel God has called you to be, remember His call and remember where he's taking you it can't hold you forever amen frustration is normal but believe for God you've got to keep the call in front of you so the question I'd ask you if you were to if you were to reflect right now on your own life do you know what God's call for your life is do you go hey when it gets hard I know what God is calling me to be? I think it's a good question to ask yourself because it helps to sustain you when you're not there yet. Hey, I know where God is calling me, so I'm going to keep heading in that direction. How do you do that? Well, I think in order to know God's call, you need to know God. Are you in relationship with Him? What's your prayer life like? Do you read God's word? You know, it's very interesting. For me, I would say that 98% of God's plan for your life is already written down. It's in God's word. His redemptive plan through Jesus Christ, that you'd be in an eternal relationship with him because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's already there. At the end of the day, God's plan for you is that you would be in relationship with him. Maybe. Have you ever considered that what God has given you passion for could be related to your call? Not in every case, but if you're a people person, maybe God is putting that on your heart because he's wanting you to do something with people. Maybe you're a detailed person. You know, I find that as you begin to serve, your call will begin to emerge. Hey, I think it's something with people. Hey, I'm going to start serving at the door. Hey, I'm going to start uh, helping out with one of the clubs at work. I'm going to try and get around as many people because I I love it. And I feel that as I do that, God is going to speak to my heart and He's going to reveal to me something that is my call. If you don't know what it is this morning, I encourage you, ask God. God, what do you want me to do? He'll reveal it to you.
because I know that when you know the call, you can have faith to know the detours won't hold you. Paul says this, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I have faith in God that it's going to happen. I have faith, so I'll keep pushing through. I'll have faith. The second thing is you need to shake off doubt. Let's read the scripture in Acts 28.3. Let's go there. If you didn't bring your Bible, I put it on my slide so that we can read together. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. This is after he's been on the island. And as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself to his hand. It wasn't a nip. It was hanging on. It was fastened to his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. Man, he's not an Australian. If you get bitten by a snake out here, I tell you, it's a bit of a different thing. He shook it off into the fire and suffered no ill effects because he had faith that if God said, I've got to stand trial before Caesar, not even a crisis that jumps out and attaches itself to me can stop me walking in God's call for my life. The snake says it shook it off. Do you know that word in the original language is also used in the book of Luke when it talked about if they're sharing the gospel and they're not willing to receive it, it says to shake the, the sand off your, your sandals. What, what that is referring to is, is to leave it behind, shake it off, forget about it, continue moving forward in the call. Crisis may jump out and grab a hold of you just like the snake did and it may be to try and harm you. It may not even be your fault. It may be someone else's decision but God will work it for good. It will never stop you reaching the will of God for your life. I want to encourage people to shake it off and move forward. I want you to think about your life right now. If you're on a detour and there's something that's been giving it more weight, I just feel a word. There's a person right here that uh, you've received some, some news this week. And uh, I don't know what the news is in regards to, but I know this is how it's affected you. This is what I felt, is that it's given, it's been far more weight in your spirit and far more weight on your heart than you need to give it. There's something here that I believe God is saying to you today. You need to shake it off and you need to keep moving forward because He's drawing you into His plan and His will and He's going to work it out for good. He's got it covered. So whatever that crisis is, I feel the Word of the Lord is you're giving it too much weight in your heart. Shake it off. In faith, right now, you walk out of this place today in faith going, I'm not going to let that pull me down anymore. That decision, that thing that's happened that may not have been my fault, I'm giving it back to you, God. And I'm not going to let it cling itself to me and continue to hold on to me because your word says that when I am striving after your call, I can shake it off into the fire and I will suffer no ill effects. It's not going to harm you. Well, that's a passionate little rant then, wasn't it? Praise the Lord. God works things for good. If we look at Acts 28.7, it says this. 
there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick and in bed, suffering from a fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him. And after praying, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Those same hands. Dan, I might get you to come up. Nath, I want you to come up as well. Those same hands. Same person, same journey. Laid hands and healed. Those same hands that were shackled on a boat. Those same hands that had to swim for their life. Those same hands that had no food. It says up to 14 days they would have been on that boat. Those same hands that the snake had clung to were the same hands that God used to bring healing to an island. May not have been the direct way to go towards God's purpose, but God worked it for good, didn't he? Do you know, I started thinking about it as I begin to reflect. I'm like, it may not have been in Paul's plan and will to go to that island, but it was always God's plan and God's will. I think detours are about layer building. I think detours are about testimony creation. God is going to use your journey and your story for His good. And you get to benefit from it. Do you know, there are many different detours of life. I remember getting home from church about 18 years old, maybe younger. I was 13 years old. And we get home to a moving truck and um, my sister was moving out with a guy we'd never met. My dad gets out of the car. My mum gets out of the car. And this man's taken away my sister, their daughter. She's going to go and live with him. That's not what my family was meant to be. I mean, I know that my Bible says that when you raise a child in the ways of the Lord, when they grow old, it won't depart from them. She's now an adult. She's leaving God. That, what's going on? Look at my parents. You know, parents in this room, people that might not have kids that might be spiritual parents, there are always people that are looking at you for your reaction on the detour to learn from you. You have a look. Luke is writing this story about Paul. So this story is not about Paul in the journey. This story is somebody else bearing witness to it. My parents, I looked at him, my dad, didn't hide his emotion, but didn't hide his faith. My sister now walks with the Lord. She loves it. She loves God. She calls me to pray all the time. You see, what happened is it was a detour that built 
a layer in me and my parents because what happens is what I saw is when the closest thing to you is pulled away, uh, how they clung to God. It was a detour. I remember when I first got married, April's parents were in a financial situation and April's mum's written a book of of all the times God came through. They, my, my father-in-law, they were in such financial dire straits. He was waking up in the middle of the night and he was full of sweat. And it, it was such an intense... We got married and by the grace of God, they had to borrow someone else's money so that I could be married. It was a detour. If you knew their financial situation today, to even 10 years ago, it's all glory to God. But in that layer, I didn't see the circumstance. I saw their faith. They knew God's call. They kept it in front of them. They shook it off. They shook it off. God kept providing time after time. With my sister, personally, and my parents, they just took one conversation at a time. And slowly, God began to use the situation of a detour for His good, for His glory. Paul says, this same guy says, you can't add an hour to your life by worrying. So when you're in the detour, shake it off. Keep moving forward. Because God is going to use it for good. God is going to use it for good. As you run after His will and His purpose, this is what it says in Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that, they know that God makes all things work together for the good of those that love Him and are chosen to be a part of His plan. God works things for good when you are chosen to be a part of His plan. Therefore, your detour isn't actually about your journey. It's about His plan for your life so He can work good for His kingdom. Shake it off. Move forward. Allow God to create your testimony. Allow God to build your character. Do you see that island? You may have thought of it as a tragic amount of events. Oh, he pulls in prison. Oh, no. God said, yeah, he's going to be put on a boat. The boat is shipwrecked. Oh, no. God says, yeah, absolutely. He's going to end up on Malta. He ends up on Malta, bitten by a snake. Oh no, God says, you beauty, they're going to change their opinion of him. And somehow from this, he's going to end up in front of the official and he's going to bring healing to a person of influence. And then that is going to be a ripple effect to healing those that are on the island that are sick. Your plan was to get to Caesar and we'll get there. But in the meantime, I'm going to work some stuff in you for my kingdom and my glory so that my kingdom can be extended for good. Might not have been Paul's plan. Might not have been Luke's plan. But it was God's will and His plan. Amen. So what we're going to do is let's stand right now. Jono, can you bring up how great is our God, the words? How great is our God that He orchestrates a whole bunch of situations in order to see an island encounter the presence and the power of our mighty God. I want to bring this to your context right now. God is good. His will 
for your life is better than your own. His plan and His purpose for your life far exceeds what you could hope for, what you could imagine. But sometimes we face detours. Sometimes we face challenges. But what I loved about the guys that were on the top gear is that the detour just added to the journey. It just added to the story. It just made a better story. It made a better testimony. I'm declaring across this place right now that there is a perspective shift that you will realise right now by faith that it isn't about what you're walking through right now, but it is about God's will. And that what He is doing right now is not punishing you, but building in you for His kingdom and His glory. And you will reap the fruit of your obedience and your faith. Shake it off. If we lower the lights down, Mark, I want to begin to sing. And I want you to begin to declare these lyrics, how great is our God. Laura, I might get you to come and lead us. sing it out and all will sing how great sing it from your heart it's not about the music about your heart sing it how great he's great over your finances he's great over your health He's great over your family. He's great over your workplace. Sing it again. How great. Place right now, 
Lord God, we pray for these people. If your hand isn't raised, begin to intercede. It could be you. It could be you right now, Lord God. We pray. And in the name of Jesus, we claim back in faith every detour and the perspective that it's bad. Right now, Lord God, we thank You and we declare that the detour is for Your glory, that the detour is for You working out good. Lord God, right now, I thank You that every hand that's raised, You are intervening. Right now, Lord God, You have been intervening. I believe the Word of the Lord is, I have been at work already in Your situation. I have been at work. I am aligning things. And in the silence, I've been moving. Your job is to keep your eye and be reminded of the plan I have for you. And that plan is to see you prosper. That plan is to see you flourish. That plan is for unity. That plan is for health. That plan is for strategy. I believe there's a person in this room and your detour, it's like there's been a creative blockage. God is removing that. The season is done. It's being removed right now in the name of Jesus. And the creativity is going to flow back. The plan is going to flow back. The ideas are going to come back because what God has done is He's developed in you patience. Be strengthened, knowing God works all things for good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose or called according to be a part of His plan.